1: Edwards, oh man, rainbow three by Anthony Edwards, puts him in double figure scoring. And once one-two pitch, a drive to left field and deep, Gordon going back, on the track, at the wall, Twins tech the lead, 2-1. Nelson
2: throws, golfing, a one-two pitch to the second deck and left center. Parisi, fanned on it, recovers, got it to Niederreiter, who fires, Parisi on the rebound, scores! Right to Dalvin turns it up to the end zone touchdown.
1: What is up everybody? Oh man, it has been a moment or two. It is so good to be back with you guys here. This is Vince Wright the Sports Governor coming to you live and direct from the Situation Room. And boy, I haven't talked to you guys in about a month. And there's been so much happening, so much going on with real work, real life, all kinds of things popping off. So let's get it going because we got a lot of college football to get into tonight. We got Vikings talk as they're about to open it up with the Cincinnati Bengals. It feels so good to be coming back to you from the Situation Room. I am Vince Wright, a.k.a. the Sports Governor of Minnesota and this is the one and only sports done right podcast back at you live but you can listen on demand itunes spotify spreaker uh stitch i mean just we're all over the place man so wherever you're catching podcasts just google us you'll find us and if you ain't listening live like i said download listen on demand appreciate it let's get to it um first off uh Got the daughter off to college about two, well, about closer to three weeks ago now. Left on August 13th, came back on August 30th. Me and the first lady, Angie, took a extended vacation for two and a half weeks, cruising around California and Nevada, you know, doing that Pacific Coast Highway thing. We started up north, Frisco, Monterey, down through the Central Valley and Napa Valley, Wound up in L.A., San Diego, where I actually did some work training for the real job. Shout out to Brian MacArthur and his awesome family down there um, in San Diego. And man, it was just—it was a lot of fun. First off, Sydney is loving the University of Nevada Reno. And by the way, props to the University of Nevada Reno because they just beat the University of California, and the Cal Bears gave us Aaron Rodgers. So props to them for um you know knocking out the knocking out Cal from the from the pack 12 there we appreciate that so yeah everything was good move in went great over at nevada arena and let me say this too for all the wolf pack out there since i am now officially a university of nevada wolf pack dad great campus i was very pleasantly surprised by the campus Uh, very nice between uh, the old the new nice basketball arena nice little stadium over there so I'm just real happy for mom's happy for there were no tears from me or the first lady because honestly man it was just nice to see our daughter ready to get going spread her wings and you know it's just it's a new phase of life as well so congratulations to her hope things continue to go well for her Props to the University of Nevada, Reno. Football team, like I said, taking down Cal. And just love the kid, love my daughter, love my son as well. But, Sydney, we're very happy for you. And uh, moving on from that, vacation was nice. Did some golfing. Shot a career best down at uh, the Pacific Grove Golf Course on the Monterey Peninsula, overlooking the ocean. Shot an 80. Yes, an 80. I know I can't believe it either. But um, it was just a lot of fun, man. But we are not here to talk about my vacation. We are here to talk sports, Big Ten football, so much to get into. The Gophers are back. The fans are back across the country. And that was the beautiful thing to see, man. So let's get into it. So much to get into tonight. Um, obviously, we're going to start off with the Gophers, Moe Ibrahim, him going down for the for the year, what that may mean for our Gophers and recap this game with Ohio State. Before we talk about the Big Ten, the SEC, um, you know, because it, right now it's Alabama's world and everybody else is kind of living in it. Clemson on the peripheral, Ohio State on the peripheral. Um, outside of, you know, Georgia, great start by them. We'll talk about it a little bit. Um, but, man, it's just it, you talk about just reloading. What you saw at Alabama, man. And and granted, you know, my beloved Hurricanes, who I grew up just idolizing in the 80s and 90s and 2000s. It, it's not that it's not that program anymore. It's not that team. Um, but Alabama's just on a whole different level. But let's talk about it. Minnesota Golden Gophers, man. Um, electric atmosphere at huntington yeah i gotta get used i almost said tcf bank huntington bank stadium ironically an ohio bank that bought out tcf here locally and changed the name on the stadium so now huntington bank stadium we got there i think we got there about three three o'clock tailgating so that gave us four hours before game time man it, it was so nice to just see fans back out there the the tailgating lots filled um early um I, I you know most of them open well actually they all open uh seven hours before game time since it's a night game and you had people there literally at noon waiting to get in it was a beautiful day um until the rains came yeah i, well, I shouldn't say beautiful it was cloudy but we thought we were gonna maybe escape the rains that came after kickoff, unfortunately. But tailgates were dry. Um, right up until the end, we were walking into the stadium. So, man, the fans were electric. And that was just the thing. you could. That's what you could see on people's faces, man. Um, excitement. Just nice to be back. Tossing the football. Doing those shots. Um, people breaking out their shot skis. And if you ain't from Minnesota, you may not know what a shot ski is. But... Um, basically it's a snow ski with shot glasses placed uh, all the way down there where multiple people can take shots at the same time a lot of it was just a lot of fun it, it really was a lot of fun we had a bunch of people come by the tailgate shout out met the prince of minnesota hockey families alex micheletty um sal spice Haley darling Vino and Vaca, as we called them. Um, Liz and Emily came. Emily flew back from Charlotte. Uh, good to see the Twitter family, as I like to say. And by the way, shouts out to the uh, Sports in the City podcast that Sal is doing with Haley. Um, really good takes, really good show. So um, props to them. And we're all going to be getting together here. We're going to have a little rib party And watch one of these go-for-away games here as well. But I just wanted to give shouts out for them for stopping by. My wife's cousin stopping by. Aaron, her husband, John. Um, Rodney Kendall came down with my my good high school buddy, Kathy Kendall, his wife. I mean, we had all kinds of people. Big Will stopped down. Another uh, local podcast, Viking guy. It was just a lot of fun, man. So that was just... Really, that could have made the night right there. But then... Hey, we got a game against number four, Ohio State, which we lost 45 to 31. Um, You know, the bad thing about kind of doing a show a few days after this, I'm going to be kind of repeating, obviously, a lot of the info you heard. But obviously, uh, Mo is out. Mo Ibrahim out with a lower leg injury of some type looked like a possible Achilles Weird thing is, even though we know he's out, we still don't know exactly what the injury is, at least as of right now. So that's kind of odd. So people are always going to be out there kind of throwing their two cents in, as is I, Vince Wright, the sports governor here on the Sports Done Right podcast. But he was lighting it up, man. He he was lighting it up. He was the reason we were in the game. Um, You know, Ohio State started C.J. Stroud, new freshman quarterback coming in there uh what I did like early on about the Gophers is they they just hung in there you know couple three and outs Tanner Morgan seemed to heat up as the game progressed and I think looking back at the COVID season of last year so you know shit's just kind of all over the place I like the way he was poised he stayed in the pocket um sometimes to complete some very very uh um good passes. You know, tried to run a couple times. Uh, I think that's a play you're gonna have to run a lot more. Um Gophers went with um you know well they went with the Wildcat a couple times, kinda hit and miss there. Um and I think that may have been Trey Potts running that one. Um you, to, to, to uh, you know it was okay okay i'm not not a big fan of that wildcat as you could probably tell by my reaction um the upside of the gopher offense along with tanner morgan is we seem to maybe have found some receivers that are going to complement and go very well along with chris ottman bell who by the way did practice but did not play um on twitter i call him my cousin Dyla. now i if I'm screwing up the name, Dylon or Dylan, let the sports gov know because I've I've heard it both ways. Dylon Wright or Dylan, it's spelled Dylan, but uh, maybe pronounced Dylon, Dylon, Dylon. Anyway, Dylon Wright, five catches for 57 yards and a phenomenal catch, um, Rashad Bateman-esque, um, Tyler Johnson-esque. In the end zone where, you know, from my angle, I didn't even think anybody caught it, to be perfectly honest with you. But he did nice catch and, you know, gophers were off and running and the gophers. Well, gophers looked good. Um, You know, after uh, Mr. Wright had that 13 yard touchdown catch. And by the way, that was a good drive too, 80 yards. Um, only took them six plays took almost four and a half min or excuse me four minutes off the clock but the gophers man what i what i'll what I'll say about this game is what I like to to see is they they kept fighting they didn't give up there's a lot of chances where this game could have really gotten away from them and they hung in there now I get it ohio state whole different talent level. Okay, I get that. But this is promising because it's an attitude adjustment. You know, a lot of times back in the day, that, that game could have been 53 to, to 3. Could have been 60 to nothing. And we're not about moral victories anymore here. And Coach told you that as well. And that's the other thing that I liked hearing from P.J. Fleck after the game was this. There's no more moral victories here. The Gophers got to win games. And if you're going to take the jump and you want to be a Big Ten West champion like Northwestern has in Iowa and Wisconsin, because it's only really been those three. And, and, you know, we've been in contention a couple times. But those are the three teams that have done it. And you got to beat Iowa and Wisconsin. We'll get into that a little bit further down the season, but this is the year the Gophers have to win those games. It is there's just there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's no two ways you can go around this. You have to beat Wisconsin and Iowa. At the very least, you're gonna have to split to have a shot at the Big Ten title, and you're gonna have to keep keep steady. And oh, by the way. Don't sleep on this Colorado team, and also don't come out and make any mistakes next week against Miami of Ohio. The, the, with teams like that, that you're supposed to beat, the Gophers right now are 20 point favorite against next week's opponent, the Redbirds. But if you come out and and you kind of you shoot your foot, shoot yourself in the foot, maybe a couple turnovers, um, just some bad plays. You're giving that under, underdog team some hope. Now they're starting to feel it on the sidelines a little bit. You, that's what you got to stay away from if you're Minnesota. Now getting back to Mo Ibrahim, he rushed for 163 yards, two touchdowns. People want to argue about, look, man, he at that point when he went down, that was his 30th carry, and you were midway through the third quarter, which means he's probably getting the ball another 10 to 15 carries. There's obviously an argument to be made, you know, to to, you can try and get on Coach Fleck for using him too much, not bringing in uh, some other folks to relieve him. But, man, he was just unstoppable. And when you're trying to knock off Ohio State, it's it's you know, I'm not going to sit here and say what's right and wrong. But, you know, I can understand that it's it's hard to take that type of player out. Remember, he's preseason All-American running back. That doesn't happen up here a whole lot. And we've had some really good running backs up here in Minnesota. Uh, I met Mo down at uh, Baldy's Barbecue. And, hey, by the way, shout out to Brian Wheeler, Baldy, of Baldy's Barbecue. Um, Got to get over to his tailgate as well here and get some of that barbecue. But I met him down there at the offensive meet and greet that was held. And Mo was just class, dude. We talked for a couple minutes asking him about, you know, upcoming season, what he what he was looking to do. Couldn't have been a nicer guy as was the entire offense. So that's why it really sucks cuz you hate to see good people on their way to doing great things for him that would be the NFL and hopefully one day he can still get there. But when he went down and and here's the thing, we got running backs, Cam Wiley, Trey Potts and maybe running back by committee for a quick minute, folks. But we got talent back there where we should be able to still run the ball. Not saying these dudes replace Mo because, as you heard heard Coach Flex say, you don't replace Mo. You can't replace Mo. But on the offensive side of the ball, I think there's a lot to be, I don't want to say relieved, Um, one game, but it's one game against, at the time, the number four, now the number three-ranked team in the country. And I think a lot to build off of there. Um offensive line played fairly good, looked good there. Our defensive backs are still lacking. We got no speed. You know, those you know, CJ Stroud completed I mean what? Just a couple couple passes, but one went for 61 yards. Um bear with me. I'm looking through my notes. Um Garrett had another one for 32. He had another one for fifty-six from Stroud. So again, these big plays—thirty-eight-yard um, touchdown pass, C.J. Stroud uh, from to Alave. Uh, so I mean, on the defensive side of the ball, where we definitely we hey got a got a couple got a pick. We got you know up in their grill a couple times. Got some pressure on that young freshman quarterback, but it is Ohio State and. You know, you just, you, you, you know, you literally just got to be perfect to beat a team like that. And we weren't. And we were out of position. Our defensive backs don't have the speed to to catch anybody, at least from what I've seen here over the past uh, COVID season, as I call it from last year, and obviously in this game. And that was frustrating because if we had maybe had that experience backfield, I think you know this is maybe a touchdown win for Ohio State or somehow Minnesota pulls off the upset but hey it is what it is um keep your eyes like I said on the running backs Cam Wiley, Trey Potts, uh Dylan, Dylon, Wright, Tanner Morgan, a quarterback we need him to to keep progressing on the offense and the defense you know defensive backs just got to get better I mean, there really no two ways about it. You just have to get better back there, and I think we could be okay. Lots of football to play, but, you know, like I said, so we got Miami of Ohio coming through the uh, Minneapolis next week. Then the Gophers hit the road for the first time this season where they were be in Boulder, Colorado, taking on the University of Colorado Buffaloes. Don't sleep on that game. I know a lot of Gopher fans are going should be a blast. Obviously, it's Colorado. All you weed heads out there are going to love it. Uh, beautiful fall weather, the mountains, you know, just everything visual to look at should be a great time. But don't sleep on that game because, you know, you don't want to be 2-0 and then go out there. And I imagine the Gophers is going to be the favorite. But, man, you can't go out there and lose that game. You know, send a statement. Hey, we went out here, took care of a uh, Power Five conference foe, regardless. And in all honesty, I haven't even looked at Colorado here. I'll do that next week to see, you know, exactly how good they are and what's expected of them. So I don't want to speak too much on them right now. Um, Outside of that, however, I still expect a a pretty good season here. And again, you just, you got to just find ways to win. I uh, have faith in our coaching staff and, like I said, faith in the offense off of what I've seen so far. Uh, the Buckeyes next week, they get number 11, Oregon, and Oregon just barely got past um, – God, who was it? Uh, Fresno State, I believe. Um, so, you know, Ohio really – you know, folks are going to be looking for them to really put the the pedal to the metal next week against um, – Oregon. So let me go over here. Let's we're gonna expand this out here into a little bit of what happened nationally the first week. Oh man! And and here's the thing, you know, doing the power rankings here, and we're gonna use the USA Today poll. If you know the sports governor Vince right, I jump around poll to poll to poll. I don't like to, you know, just use the basic ones. Just you know, like to give you a little outfit or uh, outlook. Excuse me of. of some other people's polls as well. They're always usually pretty close. But from USA Today, and let me give proper credit here. This is by Paul Mayerberg from USA Today. From September 7th today. Alabama, Georgia, head of the college football pack in NCAA. And he ranked all the teams. And we're not obviously going through all 130 teams. I'll just tell you, dead last is Connecticut number one is alabama number two is georgia ohio state up to three in this poll oklahoma four clemson falls down to number five penn state at number six cincinnati holding steady at number seven texas a and up to number eight iowa states they slip down um three spots to number nine Iowa number 10. I'm going to stop right there because we have number 10 Iowa at Iowa State. The Hawk trophy game in a very, you know, a very kind of underrated rivalry, to be perfectly honest with you. I'm not a, obviously being a Gopher fan. I'm nowhere near a, an Iowa fan. So I'm pulling for the Cyclones here. But this game, um, this state is a Hawkeye state by all means. But this state goes out. Goo-goo for this game. Uh, I'm a little jealous because here we don't have a Division I rivalry football game, you know, interstate like that here in Minnesota. So Iowa State and Iowa. Iowa coming off a huge demolishment of the upstart Indiana Hoosier football team. Uh, Pennix throwing interceptions all over the place for Indiana. And all of a sudden, Iowa looking like world beaters. With uh, running backs, quarterbacks, defensive uh, pressure and interceptions and whatnot. So, Iowa State had, again, another tough time with Northern Iowa. They better be ready this weekend. They better not get off track with game day being there. ESPN game day's coming up north to the cornfields of Iowa. Outside of Ames there. Iowa State better be ready. And quite honestly, Iowa State respect to them has put together a very respectable program in a location on a campus where you probably wouldn't think that should happen. I'll tell you this: I've been to Iowa State's campus. It's a it's a beautiful campus. You know, roughly three hours away from Minneapolis, St. Paul, so not all that far from major cities. Just literally forty five minutes down the road from Des Moines. Um, you know, lots to offer. So I'm very excited to watch this game as well. The Cy trophy on the line. Um, so there's your top 10. Again, that's Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson, Penn State, Cincinnati, Texas AM, Iowa State, and Iowa. Um, following that, number 11, you got Oregon. We just talked about the trouble they had. Um, Southern California's 12th. Notre Dame and, um, you know, obviously Notre Dame just played Florida State on Monday, blew an 18 point lead. Um, you know, Florida State had their, uh, well, at the time, their backup quarterback who, had you know, was never going to play football again. And I think he, he had the broken leg and kind of came back Alex Smith style. Um, there was some debate, actually, I saw. On social media, and then a couple, and actually heard on—I forgot one radio show—but talking about ESPN's ABC's Joe Tessitore, Tessitore, and how he was just constantly playing up the emotional angle because they're showing his parents, his mom's in the stands crying. It just seemed like every second. Now, I get it because I thought that Joe Tessitore was over the top with it. By no means do I have anything against... I think the quarterback's name was Milton who came in. And that sucks because I don't want it to seem like that. But it really just seemed like it was over the top from Joe Tessitore's side. Regardless, Notre Dame hangs on. They get taken to overtime. They get the win. And Florida State... And I, I hey, for a guy who grew up a, a Miami Hurricane fan... It was nice to see Florida State's stadium filled. They honored the late Bobby Bowden. So that was real good to see. And, you know, but you you got to get it done on the field. You got to get it done on the field. So that's what we're talking about um, there. And let's just round out the rest of this poll here real quick. Um, Notre Dame, so Central Florida. They uh, are 14th, UCLA, with the big win over LSU. I know SEC hardcores are like, look, man, LSU is an LSU of the Joe Burrow team. Uh, LSU has all kinds of haters coming after their coach, Ogeron, now. A lot of people feel he never should have got the job. They feel that he's kind of been doing it with smoke and mirrors, and and the coordinators are doing more of the the work down on and on and on. So with UCLA going up to 15 and getting a win out there in the Rose bowl over LSU, I will say this props to LSU because they hit the road a couple years ago. Hey, let's go play Wisconsin up at Lambeau field. you know, Alabama doesn't really seem to get outside of the South too often. And when they do it's games, like we saw uh, these neutral site games, whether it's either going to be in Atlanta or Dallas. Would love to see Alabama play Ohio State in the horseshoe. And would love to see Ohio State go down to Tuscaloosa. I hope. Now, they're Alabama. A lot of prestige. A lot of swagger with the program. They get away with a lot down there. I would like to see them on the road a little bit more for the non-conference. When they mix up with these big teams. Uh, I mean, honestly, wouldn't you love to see it? Alabama up at Penn State and Happy Valley. All right, let's finish this poll out here. So we got UCLA 15. Texas is 16th. Florida 17. Wisconsin with a loss. They dropped down to 18. Uh, Penn State uh, showed a lot of metal in that game. Uh, Hold held on after, by the way, giving Wisconsin a lot of opportunities to tie this game and to maybe even win it. Uh, Two critical interceptions by the Wisconsin quarterback is the downfall there and um you know mertz they really hey wisconsin's got a question at quarterback they're gonna have to figure it out here very quickly because if he continues like he did last year they he's not going to be playing it's that simple <laughs> it is that simple um let's see here so yeah penn state um the thing with penn state they're in the big 10 east can they beat Ohio State can they beat Michigan consistently well they can beat the Michigans just gotta get past Ohio State Um, to finish it off Virginia Tech uh, inner Sandman back in Blacksburg and they get a win over North Carolina who by the way North Carolina rounds out the top 20s since they fell to Virginia Tech Um, shout out to Nevada they're about to approach the top 25 LSU out of the top 25, as is Miami. Um, Again, you know, Alabama, what can you say? Michigan, they got to win. They lost a very good wide receiver in Ronnie Bell for the year. So, you know, just as they have kind of started getting things set over there in terms of who their quarterback is and everything, now Michigan loses one of their top offensive stars and that is never any good as well so there you kind of have it uh the opening weekend a couple things montana goes into washington and wins where the um montana quarterback i believe he was two for 10 for 22 yards goes into seattle washington Pac 12 country the whole thing that beautiful stadium by lake washington and goes in there and upsets washington uh, basically probably annihilating any uh title or playoff hopes they have. You know, you got USC, UCLA, Oregon. I've been hearing people talk, and I want to get into this before I take my first and only break of the show, about college football playoff expansion and how basically if you want to see anybody other than the SEC kind of dominating college football playoffs, you're going to have to expand this to um, some, some say eight. Others say 12. I I think 12 is too many. I think the comparisons of football to the NCAA basketball tournament are just, you know, it's apples and oranges. Because people like, look, well, hey, you got 64 teams or now 68 teams for for college basketball. Why can't we have, you know, 30 teams for football? Because that is just ridiculous. That's why. However, I can see it going from 6, 8, or 12. I wouldn't prefer 12. Eight is the tops. and Because what they're saying is that's going to give you room to get a team in here like um, you know, possibly UCFs of the world, the Cincinnati's of the world, who are sitting at number seven. Maybe they run their conference schedule. They finish with no losses, zero losses, but they're not going to get a look in the college football playoffs because of the strength of schedules, so on and so forth. With that being said, if you expand the college playoffs, there's going to be rooms, or rooms, listen to me, it's been a while since I talked on a podcast, and this is the Sports Done Right podcast with Vince Wright, but it is the only way you're going to create room for those types of teams, right, you know, right now you got Cincinnati at seven. Um, Texas A&M again another SEC team, but after one of the best teams out there, they're sitting at number eight. Um, Penn State, Ohio State. So as of right now, let's just take it top eight. You have this is one SEC team. Two, I'm throwing in as of right now Oklahoma since they are headed SEC way. So let's count them as three. Clemson is ACC. So one, two, three, four. Four of the eight teams are SEC teams with Texas A&M. them. 2 are Big Ten. One ACC. And then the, the American Conference, whatever conference Cincinnati's in. You know, if you take that to 12, you're looking at teams, at least at the season with the, the poll I'm looking at right now, you'd have an Iowa in there, an Iowa State, Oregon, Southern California. Um, I guess the question that needs to be answered is, how do you feel about it? And is this the way to, I don't want to say loosen up the SEC lock on it, but, you know, that's basically what a lot of people are saying. I don't know. Stay tuned. College football, you know, it's it's a very unique place now. Name, image, likeness. Guys making money. All kinds of opportunities out there. So stay tuned. All I know is I want my Gophers to win. Win no matter what. All right, you guys. I will be right back. This is Vince Wright, the sports governor. We are back. The Sports Done Right Podcast. Coming back, talking NFL Vikings, is there trouble behind the scenes in Vikings land? Of course there is. You already know about it. The quarterback, the head coach. And I think it goes beyond vaccinations as well. I'm going to kind of give you my thoughts um, on it. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. I am Vince Wright, the sports governor. Hey, guys. This is SportsGov Vince Wright from the great state of Minnesota. And I'm here to tell you guys about Pick and Shovelware. Go to pickandshovelware.com. You're going to get 20% off when you use the promo code NORSTAR. Get 20% off right now when you use the promo code NORSTAR. That's pickandshovelware.com.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, hear me and hear me good. If you like sports, then you like the wait a minute show. If you like comedy, then you like the wait a minute show. If you like a different opinion coming from a different angle, then you like the wait a minute show. So join me Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. With your host, Jelani JB Bodie, JB and of course my man Lopan on the Wait a Minute Show.com. Ain't that right, Lopan? Hi, this is Terry Cruz.
3: I just met this five for seven guy who's just my type. Like the way he's speaking. His confidence is peaking. Don't like his baggy jeans, but I'ma like what's underneath it. And no, I ain't been to M.I.A. I heard the Cali never rings the New York wide away. 1st to see the West End. I'll show you I'm liking this American boy, American boy. Take me on a trip I'd like to go someday. Take me to New York, I'd love to see LA. I really want to come pick you.
0: To Sports Done Right.
2: Every jam we play, we break two needles. There's three of us, but we're not the Beatles. My name is Down. You can call him D. You can call me Down, oh you can call him DMC. D. People D. always ask DMC, what does it mean? These were never dirty, MC for mostly clean.
0: The votes are in, and it's official. He's Minnesota's number one sports. Color commentator. The people got it right, and now it's time for you to get your sports done right. With the governor of Sports Talk, the Honorable Vince Wright. Now, let's get back to the show.
1: Ah, yes, what is up? Sports done right. Coming back to you live after a month or so away. Feel the energy. College football, NFL football. The Vikings, Cincinnati Vikings minus three. Who you got? Oh yeah, we are back. The Sports Done Right podcast. Thank you so much for listening, Vince Wright, the Sports Governor. And by the way, I forgot to tell you where you can follow me. And you can follow me on Twitter at Smooth one That's the number one after The Big Smooth. You can follow us on Sports or on Sportsbook, on Facebook, Um, Sports Done Right. Just type it in, W-R-I-G-H-T for the right part because it's my last name. And you'll find us there. You'll find us on Instagram, Sports Done Right as well. And man... Let's just get into it here. Vikings. Cincinnati. Week one of the NFL season. Welcome back, football. Let's get it going. The Vikings, all kinds of stuff going on in the offseason. Vaccinated quarterbacks, unvaccinated. Well, in our case, unvaccinated quarterbacks a coach who has had his own health issues and is probably looking at this a little bit differently than some people may have thought that Mike Zimmer would look at it. And um, to the vaccine police, Mike Zimmer, not that he wants to be, but he's a hero. And to the anti-vax crowd, you know, I'm surprised maybe we haven't, you know, you, you got Kirk Cousins. And by the way, to be fair, there are a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of players around this league that are not vaccinated. So this just isn't a current a issue by any means or a Kellen Mond issue, our backup quarterback who is also uh, not vaccinated as well. I think this goes beyond that. I think this is just kind of more salt in the wound. But I have always thought that Zimmer and Cousins' relationship I don't want to maybe say Rocky. That may be too strong, but not as good as it could be. Um, I've heard other people talk about this over the past year, and I think I even heard on one of the radio shows, I wonder if it was Dan Barrero's either today or yesterday, mentioning that, you know, Kirk Cousins just isn't the coach's type of quarterback. Now, that could very well be true. But I think right now, that the head coach is not a big fan of his quarterback and we can have the vaccine argument. I, you know, gay, get vaccinated, make your life easier. But there are obviously a lot of people that don't feel that way. I think in terms of a team perspective, and this is just my personal thought, You know, if you're going to be around a bunch of guys like that in those closed settings and whatnot, go get the shot. But we're beyond that because he's not, Adam Thielen and other players are not. So what happens now? Let's say he gets COVID and causes the team to forfeit a game will he be around will the vikings release him and also the other players on the team too so there's a lot of different dynamics also like i said i just don't think mike zimmer has ever been a big Kirk cousins guy i think kurt obviously benefited for the timing of his free agency Uh, for a few minutes was the highest paid quarterback before obviously other deals were put together um but in terms of this week, let's—I'll keep it focused on the game here because I think the Vikings, if they can't beat the Cincinnati team by a, you know, seven to ten points at least, unless Joe Burrow goes out of his mind, um, I, I just—I I, I don't know. I think if they lose this game, it's just not a great, not a good way, yet great way to start this season. You got the defense. Still has a lot of question marks over it. I think if Cousins healthy and the offensive line, I mean, how many times have we said this in Viking land, can protect him because my opinion is he needs all the time in the world to make things happen. So the offense should be okay. Returning all those great pieces, JJ, Justin Jefferson, Thielen, obviously Dalvin Cook the one thing Irv smith now out for the year so uh just got another tight end in here but the defense you know everson griffin's back not going to be the everson Griffith of old or will he maybe who knows but if the vikings can't beat a, a, a young inexperienced cincinnati team and cincinnati has some nice players don't get me wrong and even though the Vikings are on the road down there and, you know, their stadium is going to be lit because they fans are back. But I think the Vikings win this game by, you know, eight points. And then from there, you you know, you just kind of keep moving on and getting through this very unique season and hope that nobody catches COVID and hope that nobody comes in contact where they have to be then quarantined and are either miss, missing Critical practices or critical games, or worse yet, causing the team to forfeit a game and take that L. Joe Burrow back, obviously from the horrendous injury of last year. Be interested to see how much they kind of let him go. But he's got he's got some really good uh, talent, uh, wide receiver down there in Cincinnati. The defense again question marks. Young, you know, it's Cincinnati. And not a lot is expected of the Bengals this year. So, you know, the Vikings, you know, I'm just reading uh, off CBS Sports here. Um, matter of fact, let's go over their opening season power rankings, give you an idea. Um, I like the CBS Sports site. Always have. I just think they're a little, it's a little bit better set up than, you know, especially ESPN's site and some of the other ones. Uh, Brian DiArdo is the author of this story you can catch on cbs or no excuse me he didn't let me just make sure i'm giving proper credit no um pete presco wrote the story here and uh, came out with the um with the uh power ranking so let's go through this here on the sports done right podcast I'm going to try and touch on just about all the teams. So I'm going to just kind of fly through this and quote what he says here and give you my thoughts. Uh, Number one, obviously the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The champs are always opening in his top spot, as he says, which is why the Bucs are here. He doesn't expect them to move far from this spot all season. And barring any injuries, uh, I have to agree with them. Tampa Bay looking very good. Obviously, they're the champs. Tom Brady. They're locked in now. They kind of now they're getting that that winning attitude down there. This is not uh, the Tampa Bay of old. And then at number two, you have the Buffalo Bills. Shout out to my man Rough Buff out there. This is a deep, talented team that has weapons to score a bunch on offense. The defense will be better as well. He says number three, you got the Kansas City Chiefs, um, champs from a couple years ago. Um, some injuries, some things uh, they got to look at and kind of redoing the offensive line. But look for Kansas City to be right there as well. And, oh, lo and behold, number four, for all that is said and done, the Green Bay Packers in his power pole are number four. Surprise, surprise, as he says, Aaron Rodgers is back. Since he is, they are once again the team that can win it all. Aaron Rodgers' reports are supposedly he is uh, happy, at least for right now. We'll see what happens as the season progresses. Number five, and how often are you used to saying this on anybody's power poll? The Cleveland Browns. Talented, of course. Like a lot of other people, do it again at the quarterback position, Mr. Mayfield, and uh, then we can talk. But props to them because obviously that fan base for years has been dying for some winning football. 49ers coming in at number uh, six. He likes both of their quarterbacks. I do, too, if Garoppolo can't go. Uh, Trey Lance coming in and uh, looking good and in spots here in the preseason. Um, crowd will obviously be hyped to back him up as well. The Ravens are at number seven. Again, this is kind of depending on Lamar Jackson. Um, see what he can do. And if he can get back on track, not that he was horrible by any means last year, but Lamar Jackson is a multidimensional weapon. And that's what the Ravens need from him to get back to Super Bowl level. Got the L.A. Rams, new quarterback out there, Matt Stafford. Stay tuned. Uh, A lot of people think he's going to do big things. That's why the Rams are eighth here in his poll. With Matt Stafford, good quarterback. I get it, but I don't know. Just... Something's just been lacking for me with him. Uh, Maybe he can overcome that in L.A. I got to see it. Got my fantasy quarterback with the number nine Arizona Cardinals. Um, They got J.J. Watt. See how much he'll obviously help in the locker room. See if he can stay healthy and actually help him on the field. A.J. Green. Lots of good things happening out there in the Valley of the Sun with the Cardinals and their fans. So stay tuned there. I'm not going to get into too much here as we're kind of pressing up to the end of the show. But number 10, you have the Tennessee Titans. Number 11, the Patriots. And Mac Jones anointed the starter there. Um, obviously, something happened. A lot of people think it has a lot to do with the COVID protocols. And once Cam kind of sidetracked those, he kind of wrote his ticket out of the Boston area probably because you know bill belichick really is all about controlling that organization and keeping everybody under his thumb so to speak so probably didn't want to deal with that mac jones since day one actually this has been kind of weird for me the media uprising for him um, to start he's looked good in the preseason he's getting the call we're gonna see what happens in in the real season here and see how he progresses there, because he has gotten the keys to the Patriots' kingdom. Carson Wentz over in Indianapolis. Indy is number 12. Always a health issue with him. Came in, obviously had talent, did some great things the first couple years, but Carson Wentz is just nothing but an injury bug right now. Um, They better have a good number two in Indianapolis. The Washington football team, if they just had a real quarterback, this team could be something to really, really, really keep an eye on they got a really good defense. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he'll win you some games, but, man, that that's not the answer. Dallas, number 14, ain't going to talk about them because you can turn on ESPN and get Dallas talk or listen to Skip Bayless over there on Fox Sports Talk Dallas, you know, for three hours every morning. Dolphins, all about the quarterback down there. If Tua improves and can keep that, he'll keep the job. A little bit surprising to me how really quick they're they're willing to to try and run him out. Um, he was injured. I thought he's his progress has been good. Wishing him uh, all the best down there in Miami. Leads us to our Vikings who come in at number sixteen here, kind of that middle of the pack team that we are used to the Vikings being. You know, a couple runs to an NFC Championship game here in the past. Um, a few years, um, but, man, it's it's been a while, and I just don't know. Nobody's really sold on Kirk Cousins. Wishing him well. He's our quarterback here in Minnesota because I know, once again, your sports governor is always portrayed as a Cousins hater. Um, I just call him like I see him, man. Um, number 17, Denver. Number 18, Seattle. Number 19, New um, New Orleans. The Chargers bring up the 20th spot, and then you got the Steelers, the Falcons, the Bears, the Giants, Raiders, Eagles, Panthers, Bengals, Lions, Jets, and dead last because of obviously everything going on with the Deshaun Watson situation, the Houston Texans, because they just don't know either. We'll see. Should be. I mean, they should be all right on defense, but, man, losing your quarterback And just kind of out there and not knowing what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. That's all anybody's going to be talking about. So it's going to be a distraction down there as well. Um, The Jets will continue to be the Jets. The Lions will continue to be the Lions as well. We're obviously going to be getting into a lot more NFL and more football talk next week. We're going to try and get some guests going here. I appreciate you listening Thank you for hanging out with me, sending me the tweets, keeping in touch over this past, you know, two and a half weeks that I've been uh, on vacation, so to speak. And even before that, just getting real work done. Um, Just to kind of give you an update on the podcast as we move forward here. Real life, the sports governor is a Medicare insurance agent. Our biggest and busiest time of the year is basically the last quarter. That's when we enroll everybody into Medicare. Um, That starts here. Um in October. So depending on schedules, it may not be Tuesday night where we do the show, but I am going to make sure that we are getting shows in. Um, it may not be Tuesdays, but you will see them. So just keep your eyes open for the post that I send. Keep sending your questions, keep reaching out via Twitter. Um, Sports Done Right really appreciates you. I, the sports governor Vince Wright, truly appreciates everybody. Um, who supports and listens to the show. And special shout-out, by the way, too, to Rob Lear over there um, with um, with the uh, boxing at the Armory. It couldn't make it this past um, Sunday as I had just kind of got, like I said, got back into town, had to get things organized here, do some more family stuff. But Rob Lear, Lear Communications, Prime Boxing, or excuse me, Premier Boxing Champions, the PBC, which is shown on Fox and Fox Sports. Um, Another card from Minneapolis. Great job. As usual, Rob, look forward to seeing the next card and talking to you soon. Um, Everybody else, be cool, stay safe. And, again, thank you so much. Sports Done Right is back, and you're going to be hearing a whole lot from your Minnesota sports governor. Take care. Have a good week. Let's go, Vikings. Let's get this win. Um, Shouts out to everybody. Togo out there um, (laughs) talking about our Vikings. Queens. Um, The same way you say it's Cincinnati is the same way you should say it's Minnesota. He says, hey, you know, hey, he may be right. Let's prove him wrong. No Vikings. Um, real quick, let me just hit up Twitter. Um, we have Sarah from Hudson, Wisconsin. Good to hear you back, Vince. Hope your daughter's enjoying Nevada Reno. She is. Uh, Who else do we got here? We got Danielle from Minnetonka. We have Susie from White Bear Lake listening. We have Big Mike. There's my dude, Eden Prairie. What up, Big Mike? I'll get at you on uh, Twitter there as well. And everybody else, thank you so much. Keep it tuned here. We're coming back to you um, next week. And I can't wait. We're working on some guests. And I am Vince Wright. I'll talk to you soon. Take care, people.
0: Thank you for listening to Sports Done Right